You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit City of Champions. All right, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. It's based on a trilogy of books called Detroit City of Champions, written by... Charles Avison. I'm Jamie Flanagan, and we are just going to... We're just going to talk about it. We're unpacking the story of the 1935 year, 33 championships in the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan. It was, it was a beautiful time for sports in greatest, the city. Greatest season in the history of American sports. I've, made this, I've said it. I've said it. I don't even know how many times I've said it, yeah. but I've said it numerous times. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that we have an entire show based on one season... Yeah. Um, like we're either the most long-winded people ever, yeah. or there's actually so much content that um, that you know, I mean, we haven't even gotten through a fraction yeah. of it yet. You're you're a little younger than I am, and uh, I was really unaware of this story. Uh, and by the time we started, you know, it's 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 these people are gone. I mean, these uh, these champions uh, are long gone because exactly. there's. Uh, uh, so we're only looking back at it at history. But joining us, um, Tom. Well, I was gonna ask, what's this guy still doing sitting yeah, here? We're yeah. about to move on to the Red Wings. We're about to move on to hockey, and there's this guy here that we brought in for the Lions episodes and the Portsmouth Spartans episodes, and he's Jamie. What's this guy Tom, doing? Tom still is just sitting passionate. Here? He's passionate about sports, and he was and, a special guest once upon a time. And yeah, and, he and just, he's still here after like ten shows. I just so. love, I just love having Tom here. Yeah, Tom's our friend. Tom's on the Tom's you know on the show. He's about the, he's a regular man. We were voting on it, and we're, Tom's not a special guest anymore. He's so, a regular. Whenever. He he wants Regular to hang spot. Out. He can he can hang out and listen because that's all I do is I just sit and I listen to you tell the stories because uh, you've researched it uh, and, and that's a lot of what you did, Tom. You did a lot of research uh, on the Lions part of it, and you're a big Tiger fan. And Joe Lewis, that's that's my specialty. I can't wait to yeah. uh, get you and uh, Joe Lewis Junior Three uh, on a, on a chat together here. Oh, I'm so looking that, forward to oh, uh, that. Would be yeah. We oh, haven't we even will. got it's to the uh, Joe. Yeah, we, whatever you do, don't miss that one. Because, so that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, we haven't um, even got to the Joe Lewis yet. Yep, so that Joe be, Lewis part. Of the, that's going to be an, that's. I can't wait. To that'll that be after the. Yeah. Uh, uh, Third of the big championships. So the first was the Tigers. The second was the Lions. And yeah. then came the. Well, the tough thing. One of the. Old time hockey. Come, come Red Wings. Coach. Come the Red Wings. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the tough thing about this story is actually organized, you know, like, is actually kind of putting it. You know, it all happens at the same time. Right. You know, so you have to kind of decide what order you want to tell the story, mm-hmm. even though they all. You know, I think it helps to you know give it, it I, in the books. I wrote it from the perspective of Joe Lewis first, right? And then the Tigers, Lions, Red Wings. Um, it, you know, that's the, that was the order. The because that's basically when they they all I, I I timed it based on when their their signature moment of each of the year came. Okay. Um, it, but uh, like I say, you know, we're putting Joe Lewis in after the championships, and I don't I, I don't think you can go wrong because his you know his story t- is um. You know, it's almost kind of like the you know a huge you know big hurrah. You know, well, well, Joel carried the tradition after thirty five. You know, he he wasn't oh, champion yeah. until thirty seven. Yeah, but they always referred to him as the as the yeah. city of champions, and, and he continued it. Oh, absolutely, right. absolutely, yeah. But thirty five is you know Joel's. I don't want to start going down that path mm-hmm. because we're right. start we'll start going down it, but. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, thirty-five. It's almost like a when we were, we'll get we'll definitely focus on this component of the story when the time comes. But 
35, a lot of times people just go, oh, yeah, Joe Lewis came, you know, Detroit was, a, it was a big year for Detroit or for Joe Lewis in 1935. And then they'd start jumping into like the Max Schmeling fight and the championship fight and then all the stuff that happened after. And it's like it, a lot of times, just like the rest of the 35 story, it gets skipped over. And um, along that, you know, that that's a segue. I'm segueing using that into the story of the Red Wings because I say it in the book. Um, you know, you know, the lions were probably the most forgotten team, but like in modern day, like what the, you know, the red wings of 1935, as much as we celebrate the red wings, uh, the red wings are an iconic, you know, we're a hockey town, you know, the red wings are, I mean, synonymous with Detroit. It's one of the most proud hockey organizations in the NHL. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a revered hockey organization, but of all the, the names and teams and players and faces of this huge, proud red wings history, none are as forgotten or unknown as the 1935 Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And it's an absolute in like what by my goal for telling the story and I'm really excited to be getting in the Red Wings. I'm really excited to get in all of it, but yeah. the Red Wings like it's just one of the most phenomenal stories that is that there is. I mean, like the most phenomenal hockey story, the most phenomenal sports story. You know, I mean, there's there's the screenplay for the movie, like, I just can't wait to actually see this thing on the big screen and to see it bring out because it's got every single component of every great, um, I mean, the, the whole City of Champions season does, but the Red Wings story is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. And it were, and I was telling you before we did the show, it, it merits, it's like a fine wine or like a fine whiskey or whatever like this. It merits, you know... You know, savoring it, it merits yeah. freaking enjoying every drop and really exploring this thing from the beginning, all the way through what happened. Because we said, how are we going to talk about this before yeah. we before we go to that? Uh, two things, though. One, thank you for listening. People are, are, are oh yeah, we got checking in, to, we gotta talk in. to the view. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us uh, on this journey. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you just found us, uh, subscribe to it. Like it. Uh, tell a couple Likes of friends. Likes really help. Uh, comments really help. Yeah. Sharing it. You know, every little thing helps. Tell a couple of friends out, yeah. too. That uh, that that helps as well. So thanks for thanks for helping out and uh, being here and joining us uh, on this journey. And uh, last time we were together, I, I was teasing you guys uh, about a comment that we got on one of our YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, from a relative of one of the people we were talking about, and we'll get to that before the end of the show. So you got to stick around and find mm-hmm. out who that was again. Uh, and and we'll get into that before the end. Sure. But we, you and I, as we were talking about, what are we going to talk about when we talk about the Red Wings? Uh, I go, yeah, tell me, how do you want to talk about the Red Wings? And you're like, well, we got to talk about how the NHL was born first. Exactly. And so that's that's where you got to start. You guess, so we got to take it another step back. So we got to take it's really a couple steps back. Yeah. Because we, it's a step like you know the the great you know the, there's the, the you know the Red Wings you know the Red the, the, the this it, you have to start at the beginning and I think it's right. worth it every once in a while to take a, a further step back talk about the origin of the game itself the origin of hockey the origin um you know of the NHL because the Red you know the the story of the Detroit hockey is um somewhat inseparable from the from the from the you know the genesis the growth sure. the explosion of hockey in uh, North America it's it's inseparable so. Um, so, but you got to get to it first. You got to, there's, you know, there's, there's much that happened before Detroit. Detroit uh-huh. was, and that's why really the first component. So we're, so, you know, to summarize what Jamie's saying is we're going to start at the beginning, yeah. you know, in, you know, in the, on the first day, there was light. This is like the <laughs> Genesis, like, you know, the beginning of, you know, hockey. Sure. Take me back in time. Yeah. Where are we going? 
Um, so, uh, so I, the first thing that I want to tell the, 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 you know, you guys in the viewing audience at home is this is a critically important concept to understand. Okay. Cause whenever we're talking about the Detroit Red Wings, one of the most, the first things that comes up is the words original six. Yeah. Okay? And it's, and we talked, talk, we about mentioned that it once in this, but we, it's worth definitely worth putting into the context of this mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. is that that's a, I call it a misnomer. Okay. Because the original six, a lot of times we think of the original six, we think that the Red Wings were one of the six original hockey teams, right? And that's incorrect. It's as we're going to see that it's absolutely that's, uh, is that post World War Two exactly. So the original so, six is like a post World War Two. What term. happened exactly? What happened right. was is that hockey. I mean, hockey evolved as we're going to see. You know, the, the beginnings of hockey go all the way back, and we're eighteen ninety two is when this is when it begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, uh, so, um. So yeah, so it uh what was I gonna say? Um what was I gonna say, man? Um so it just goes back. So right. um so but the, the misnomer is is that the the great the World War II and the Great Depression were such an upheaval. It was such an upheaval to hockey because mm-hmm. hockey was incredibly unstable at this point. And so there was teams so like there was there was a there was teams folding left and right and out of the you know, after the Great Depression, after World War II, there was only six left. You see, and so the, so when they say original six, they're like these are the the six teams that survived the upheaval of the Great Depression yeah. and um in World War Two, and so that is what it's it's talking about. That's the you know that's the so it's original six in that context, and you know it refers to that 1950s era, because as we're gonna see here. There was much, much hockey that took place before, you know, Detroit hockey came into play. And it's really the, you know, the beginning of this story is the buildup and the lead up to yeah. how the, how the D- Detroit hockey was born. And it's, um, so anyways, without further ado, um, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, one of the things I think I love about the early, early origin of hockey yeah. is that it was about the cup. In no, like in no other sport, like every other sport that's ever been out, yeah. like everybody wants to win the championship, of course. Yeah. Um, but in hockey, it was about the cup. You see, it was like the, it was like the, you know, the, the, the there was so many different league champions. There's so many different leagues, amateur, professional. There was like a cauldron of all these different teams, mm-hmm. and they all wanted the cup. And it was the cup that they all pursued, and it was the cup that was a fascination of these teams and players. And I actually wrote it into the screenplay, of the movie, the very opening scene of the um, of the Red Wings uh, of of, um, of the of the Red Wings episode is the cup. Okay. That's it, all that it is. It's the opening scene because that is what these that is what these early hockey players craved. Mm. That is what there was something about the, that cup that drew these people on. Well, there was a reason for that. Well, and the reason was they would get their name on it too. Well, that was a big thing, absolutely. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that point. Yeah. So, anyways, there. So yeah. So the um, so the idea is is that it starts with the cup, and this in the Stanley Cup is born. Um, is is eighteen ninety two is uh, uh Sir wow. Fred, so Sir Frederick Arthur Stanley, Governor General of Canada, um, announced on on March eighteenth, eighteen ninety two, that he was going to be. Uh, commissioning a silver trophy for the um, and only and I'll actually read the quote. Actually, that's the first clip they have, Jimmy. I actually, I have it on my phone. So give me one quick, quick second to grab. Sure. That. So that's so, the first clip. I, I love the pictures of the old Stanley Cup because you have this vision uh, of the the big barrel uh, of the cup, and then the, the 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 original cup attached to the top. 
But the the very original cup was it was a skin much skinnier. Yeah, that's the first uh, that's the first uh, clip uh, we had to put skinnier, on the screen. That, a skinnier well, creation. Well, skinnier. You'll see much more. You, the very first yeah. cup. If you put that slide up, the first slide with actually has a picture of um, uh, uh, Lord Stanley on it. You can see just how much skinnier the the cup was. Um, in fact, it was just the punch bowl from the top. That's all that the original. Cup Do I have the was. right thing up there? Uh, don't. That's that's one of the last slides. Okay. So there we go, right there. But you can see that's the cup. Yeah, that was the original. Sure. All the bands that were added. I mean, the, the cup that they use now is not even the original. The right, original right. is is you know in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But I want to read you. So here's the quote from um like when when he first released this cup. You know, this is, this is actually Lord Stanley, um, his own words talking about like his met, you know reasons for doing it. So this is so he so he'd actually come. To, he was he is from England. He came to he came to Canada to be the governor general. Montreal was where it was based, where uh-huh. it was where he was based. And he saw this. He he fell in love with hockey when he came to Montreal. And so he says right here. So this is cool. I have for some time been thinking that it would be a good thing if there were a Challenge Cup, which should be held from year to year by the champion hockey team in the Dominion of Canada. There does not appear to be any such outward sign of a championship at present. And considering the general interest which matches now elicit and the importance of having the game played fairly and under rules generally recognized, I am willing to give a cup which shall be held from year to year by the winning team. Oh. So you can see that he commissions this cup um, towards the, I mean, towards an almost abstract, like just the goal of like the best team in Canada. Uh, uh, you know, getting this, you know, getting this trophy. And so anyways, and so um, he wasn't, I read that he wasn't even, and so that just to let you know, the original cup in today's dollars would be about $1,400 is how much the original cup costs. Okay. And a punch bowl, oh. they, they they call it a rose bowl, but, a, you know, you can see in the picture, it's a punch bowl. Um, so anyways, um, so the very, so the very first year, 1893, that they put this, this, uh, this cup out. Uh, Lord Stanley wasn't even there. He actually got recalled back to England. Oh. And so he didn't even see the first Stanley Cup, ah. right? <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, um, so the, so, but he did leave a group called the trustees that were in charge of this. They were like basically the, you know, the, it was, it was left in their care to develop, you know, what these challenges would be, the rules, all these different things. So in 1893, um, the, the first Stanley Cup, the first, you know, as it became quickly known, the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup, or just Stanley Cup, it became known. I forgot the exact year, but it was early on, right around the same time that it's uh, actually be called Stanley Cup or Stanley's Cup. Um, so the trustees declared the top Montreal team the winner. Um, so the, uh, uh, the, it was a, there was two Montreal teams, and they, they fought it out, and then they declared one of those Montreal teams um, the winner of the cup. All right. Okay. And that's one of the second slides we have. Um, you can see the, um, see this team just to show you real quick. Um, and so, but here's the thing, this is what this, and this is, it's, it's, it, this, me telling you that this is the first team to win is more than just, just, you know, fill, Oh, there's the filler. cup on the ground in front of them. Exactly. Oh, and this is great. more than just filler, you know, to, to, to say this, um, because, the fact that the trustees were from Montreal, yeah, and they awarded the top Montreal team the oh, cup. Look at those mustaches. Yeah, but it, so it so it, Aaron Rodgers sit down. So anyway, so here's the thing: is is that um, is that uh, um, the fact that these trustees awarded the cup to one of these Montreal teams? The trustees are from Montreal. This rankled Ottawa because they're like they didn't. Ottawa had no say. They didn't get to send their team to compete for it. And right. They're like this cup was supposed to go to the top team, 
in the world, in Canada, we're better than you are. Yeah. How'd you get the cup? We didn't get a chance to play for it. Yeah. You see what I'm, so that's you see what I'm saying? That that evoked competition, that cup. It was the, the it was the cup which led them to say, We wanna we wanna take that from you. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And so anyway, so that's and the also one of the things that's really interesting about this photo, I don't know if you can zoom in at all on it, no. but but uh, you'll notice on their chest, if you can see it closely. Yeah. You see a winged wheel on their chest. Oh, okay. that's really why I wanted to get that picture up there too. There's a there's there is a winged wheel on their chest, and that team's name is the Montreal Winged Wheels. And so, um, so keep that in your brain because oh, it is. There's it, like two wheels. There's two wings two, on it. There's two wings and a wheel on it. So just keep that in your mind because in like three in like three shows from now, that's going to become a very relevant concept. <sighs> Holy okay, smokes. All yes. Right. So, anyways, that's why I love that photo too. I have not seen that one for some reason. I, I, I've seen, I have pictures of their jersey, but I just hadn't seen that specific. That's photo. That's great. They're yeah. All... So I was excited to get that on the show. So, um, so anyways, and so, be, so that w- with that challenge in mind, um, the following year, uh, Ottawa is included, and so there, so the best team from Ottawa is brought into Montreal. And there's two, and so, and there's a, they have a tournament. It's a three team tournament with two Montreal teams, one, one team from Ottawa. And Montreal wins it. They weren't, Montreal wins the first Stanley Cup, as we know it, finals. Mm-hmm. And so, so Montreal once again wins it in 1894. So, anyways, over the course of the years, um, Originally, it was really like kind of an, you know, an amateur concept, but in 1906, you know, like the cup became more and more sought after. And so these teams wanted to kind of, I guess you say a game, the system, and they started bringing in the best players from other cities, paying them money to be on their team. And that's uh, the, the, you know, the rise of professional hockey is, yeah. is in pursuit. They want, you know, these cities and teams wanted the cup and that begins in 1906. So the first, you know, pros are paid, um, to, you know, to, to become this. And the, and the team that gets the, actually the very first team to have, um, professionals on their team is uh, the Montreal Wanderers in 1906. Mm-hmm. And so 1908, it's almost becomes official. The Allen Cup, um, is introduced for amateurs and the Stanley Cup from now on going forward after 1908 is just for professionals. Okay. So that's, you know, so it's, and so, um, in 1910, the NHA, the NHA is formed. Um, it's a national hockey association. So because it had proved it was the best league in Canada by winning the cup four times in a row. Mm. Right. And so just to give you an idea of some of the teams that were in the, the original NHA, uh, the cobalt silver Kings, the, uh, Haley Berry comets, Montreal Canadiens, Montreal shamrocks, Montreal wanderers, Ottawa senators, and Renfrew creamery Kings. So these are the, those are the first teams in the NHA. And then 19, so, so they win four straight, uh, cups after, after they're formed, mm-hmm. after the league is formed. 1915, um, uh, there's a, there's a, there's another league out in the far west called the P- PCHA, which is the Pacific Coast Hockey Association. And their team in 1915, after a couple of negotiating, whatever like this, they sent one of their teams out to, um, play against the NHA in the Vancouver Millionaires from that Pacific, that Western yeah. league wins the cup oh. and they take the cup out west to Vancouver. Uh. So for, so now the cup is gone. I mean, like now there's no Montreal doesn't have the cup. Ottawa doesn't have the cup. It's gone from these Eastern provinces. Hey, and it's taken out west. You see what I'm saying? So now it's becoming this thing where they're like, well, the cup started here. How you doing, buddy? We're no longer the best, you know, league. The best yeah. league just took the cup, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know? well, so got, the cup's gone. It's gone it, in the West. It got know? transferred. Exactly. So so now, it be, you know, you can see the, the salivate, you know, like they're like, man, we got to get the cup back, you know. And the thing about it now is that the fact that a different league – 
had taken the cup from the NHA. Now they're like, well, how good is the NHA? They don't even have the cup anymore. Yeah. You, see what, you see what I'm saying? Like some leagues, they would, just, you know, like you know, a lot of times, like some, you know, some, you know, whatever, like a hockey or football or a baseball team. Yeah. You know, there's eight million leagues. There's 999 leagues in this country, and they play for 999 different trophies. Mm-hmm. You know, you see what I'm saying? And like, well, the NHL. Do you think you know do you, how much more prestigious is them to say, well, it's okay, we can win our NHA championship? Yeah, no. Nobody cares about nope. that. Nope. They care about the cup. That's you see it. what I'm saying? It's that you see it, but what I'm trying to show is how the cup, you know, was the you know was the thing, and how that wherever the cup moves. The you know the gravitational center of you know of of hockey you know basically moves with it and so so it transfers out to you know so the Vancouver Millionaires win it um, in 1917 the Seattle Metropolitans become the first American Cup winner they're from the PCHA they're the Pacific Coast so that you know that West Coast Hockey League takes it back so in 1916 it went back to the NHL or I say NHA and then 1917 went back out west and then 1918. Um, and this is where so the NHA becomes the NHL as okay. we know it today. Okay, the name the NHL. And the reason why this is something a lot of people may not know is the NH the NHA had had a had an owner that the rest of the owners could not stand named Eddie Livingston. Uh-huh. Eddie Livingston, and they and they, he had like a deal to be part of their league, and there was nothing that could break them off like to get him rid of the league. And so they basically left him. As a single team in the NHA and started their own league, without uh. him, which was the NHL. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. So they left him. They're like, "You want to be in the NHA? We're Fine, taking our be toys the and going Ex- home. There you go." So the NHL become that's when the NHL is born. The NHL is born because they wanted to get rid of a, an owner they didn't like. So anyway, so okay, so uh, so 1922, a third league um, joins the fray called the Western Canadian Hockey League. Um, but just a couple of years later, 1925, it merges with um, with that West Coast League, the PC, the uh, PCHA, to join to s- form like a, a sort of a, a super league um, called the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League. All right, so um, in 1924-25, you know, hockey seasons tend to uh, gravitate over two years. Right. So 1924 to 25, um, this WHL, this Western Hockey League, Victoria Cougars uh, win the cup, and they're the last. NHL uh, non NHL team um, to win the Stanley Cup, oh. and they're like I say, they're part of the, this WHL, which is yeah. this West Coast League, uh, nineteen twenty four twenty five. And keep in mind to keep the name in mind, Victoria Cougars, because it's about to become incredibly important. Victoria okay? Cougars, yes. So Victoria, like Victoria, name. British Columbia, Victoria, <laughs> British Columbia. Um, so like you know, West, you know, the Western Canadian Hockey League is where this, um, mm-hmm. where the Victoria Cougars were. And so, anyways, the reason why this is important is because in 1924-25, something happens in the NHL which changes everything. What's that? Okay. What happened? They established a team in Boston. Uh, the Boston Bruins are established. Is this the first one south of the border? Well, no. They, they we'd had the the Seattle the Seattle oh. Metropolitans had one. They were the first right, right. one of the first. They, I don't even want to say they're the first team. They might the, that Western League might have had a, had one or two. Okay, but okay. this was the first like big city, East Coast, e- big city American, right. you know, um, you know, East Coast big city, you know, to have a hockey team. Yeah. And the, of course, hockey was still in its infancy as far as its you know popular support in 1924-25. However, um, even a third class hockey team in Boston is drawing more money than any other you know like, you know. 
you know, they're drawing big dollars in in America. They're drawing big money American dollars. Yeah. And that just like lit the spark because the very next year they bring in um the, they bring a team to Pittsburgh, they bring mm-hmm. a team to the uh, um the, the original team Pittsburgh Pirates and then the New York Americans, they bring a team to New York uh-huh. and all of a sudden it's like game over because the NHL is like now they're, you know, these teams that they're bringing in, they're, they're using the fact that they're, you know, they're Eastern Canadian and they're going south into the American territory, mm-hmm. south of their, you know, right there in their territory. Western Canada didn't have that. They didn't have this thing. And so, and so this, and so the NHL just, you know, the, the money they're bringing in, the money they can pay their stars, all these stars are leaving. Um, the Western Hockey League heading out to the NHL, uh, and so the writing was on the wall. And the in the in that Western Hockey League WHL, um, they fold. But before they do, and this is really where, um, really where I wanted to get to for the entire show. Yeah. Right before they fold, it's um, it's nineteen twenty. It's post nineteen twenty five, nineteen twenty six. Um, uh, after after that season's over, um, two of these Western Hockey League teams. The Portland Rosebuds and the Victoria Cougars, as we mentioned, the Victoria Cougars already. Yeah. The Portland, so as they're breaking up this league, they're selling the players off to the, the NHL. They're just saying, like, we might as well sell the rest of them off and get whatever sure. we can. Um, the Portland Rosebuds are sold lock, stock, and barrel, $100,000. They're sold to Chicago business, a Chicago businessman named Major Frederick McLaughlin for $100,000. And he renames that team the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, okay, the Blackhawks. and then there's another team that's sold. As I already mentioned, the Victoria Cougars. Yeah, they're sold to a group of Detroit businessmen led by Detroit Athletic Club president Charlie Hughes oh. for a hundred thousand dollars. All right, and that team will become the Detroit Cougars. The Detroit Cougars. So that's what's important to see here, and that's where the next slide comes up. So, and, you know, for anybody uh, that can actually oh, see like, the show, I'm playing around here. All right, is this this one? Yep, there you go. There we so are. I've just got a couple of their logos on the screen, and the, you know, some of the, it's the last team. And I love that course, vintage D, man. Yeah, and so that you can see. So this is what's this is like the primer for like really everything that we're about to go into. The, this so the the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Cougars are both born. The Detroit hockey and Chicago hockey are both bo- both born in the same owners meeting, the same hundred thousand dollar a franchise fee to buy the team. Yeah. They're born at the same moment. They both entered the NHL together. You see, like they weren't the Red Wings yet, but there was Detroit hockey. That was the direct descendant of. Um, oh, so the, above and below. So you got the exactly, Victoria yeah, Pride. That's how above, I did that little screenshot there. That and little then design, yeah. The Detroit Cougars. Below yeah, the Vic- them. it shows you the logo for the Victoria Cougars on the top, okay. and then um, the Portland Rosebuds logos on the top, and then you can see the arrow point to the first. And that was the last team for the Victoria Cougars, and the last team for the Portland Rosebuds, and you know the the first team for the Detroit Cougars, and first team for the Detroit uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. So um and so yeah, so twenty nineteen twenty. 627 would be the first season uh for both of these two iconic teams. And this is and what I want to keep in you know to context for this, you know, the, you know the reason why I wanted to really begin with this, you know, it's cool to unravel the story of the NHL, but like like I say to see how it leads up to both of these teams both entering the you know both entering the NHL at the same time. Yeah. You see they both came in there and so like a lot of times, you know, we've I've talked about I think I've briefly talked about rivalries. Yeah. But rivalries in sports are just incredibly important. And a lot of times rivalries, you know, rivalries with these teams, um a lot of times they think that oh it's just because you're close to it like uh, you know Detroit and Chicago are natural rivals and that's true to a certain extent. Yeah. But in many cases there's 
there, the proximity of it, just like all humans, as we're especially as the, the, the current political environment we're going Ugh. through now, but when people are like basically, you know, just throughout the history of mankind, mm-hmm. anytime you're anywhere in the same proximity as anyone, okay, like there's going to be friction, there's going to be different situations. And so, you know, a lot of times the fact that they're nearby each other means they play each other more. There's more people having, you know, conflict with two guys getting into a fight. And this leads to a thing that, you know, like a a, a feud that lasts for years. You know, it brings, it swallows the whole team in. Um, As we're going to see in the ensuing episodes, you know, these two teams come into the league together. And from this point going forward, there is going to be the escalation of feuds and the escalation of conflict um, this is one of the greatest rivalry stories you will ever hear. Mm-hmm. And if you, and like, and if you think that you're, you're listening to this show right now, you're watching this right now and you think that, you know, all oh, there's Charles make, you know, saying something bold again, <laughs> like going a little bit too far because I've heard a lot of great, right? Like, you know, the avalanche and red wings were a tremendous rivalry. Sure. There's tremendous rivalries to the history of Ohio state, Michigan. These are tremendous rivalries, but wait until you hear what comes next. Okay. This is like the fact that they both come in the league together is the mildest component of this. But the fact that they both come in the league together is like a certain symmetry that sets up, like I say, what's about to come in the ensuing episodes. And um, that's really what I wanted to get to for this. That's really what I wanted to get to was, is how these two teams both come in. Like, but the key thing to understand, like I say, is, uh, is McLaughlin, Frederick McLaughlin. And you're going to have to remember that name, major Frederick McLaughlin. You're going to hear this guy's name over and over. Um, Charlie, uh, Charlie Hughes, not so much, you know, the guy that brought the, the first Detroit team in, but, um, but, uh, major Frederick McLaughlin is going to be a key component. The owner of this Blackhawks team is going to be a key component of the escalating, um, blood feud, which is going to lead to, like I say, the 1935, 36 Red Wings story is, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be considered for one of the greatest rivalry dogfights of all time. But we're still, uh, we're still the Cougars. We still got a little ways to go before we we're Red Wings. We got a long Wings. ways to go before that. We're not going to go too much into the Cougars because yeah. it was an ugly few years for yeah, them to get was, off the ground. That was not good. No, the yeah. Cougars were not good. The Falcons were not good. The, you know, the, um, the Blackhawks were, were pretty decent. They were okay. Um, in their first few years in existence, but, um, it, it's going to take, um, it's going to de- take a determined owner yeah. with a grudge yeah. <laughs> to really, with some money and a grudge. I like that. To really, to really, uh, pump some fuel into this rivalry. And uh-huh. that's, uh, I don't even think we're going to get to him necessarily. I think, I think we're going to get into Norris and them and, ep- you know, the, uh, not next episode, but the episode after that potentially, because the next episode we're going to get into like we did with, um, Mickey Cochran and like we did with, um, like we did with, uh, uh, Potsy Clark with the Lions. Um, uh, we've got, we're, next episode we're going to be getting into, um, uh, Jack Adams. Because Jack Adams, of anyone out there, there is absolutely no one. You know, you know like I say, Charlie Hughes brought the, the, the uh, the Detroit hockey team, you know, the, the hockey team to Detroit, but nobody is, is, should be like the father of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, absolute, the title for that absolutely goes to Jack Adams. Okay. Um, yep. So, so there was one more image in here. Um, did you, were you, were you touch, what did we need oh, to touch you know, on? That's, that's kind of like, I guess it was not an essential component. It, this is a, just a couple of the uh, early, early hockey stars. Okay. And these were the, like the, the tobacco cards. Exactly. You get, like, I trading love tobacco cards. cards. And Dude, I'm such a tobacco card. Like I yeah. love them. I love tobacco cards. You're going to see way more of these things. I just, I, I actually made a, a gold metal plate with like 30 oh. of these on them. 
because I'm just such a tobacco. I have a bunch. I have these old T206 baseball cards. I love old tobacco, those old tobacco cards. These are great drawings. They're, They're cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are, you can see the date on 1911. Yeah. Um, those are a couple of the, some of the big stars from that time. Okay. Um, Cyclone Taylor, uh, Newsy, Newsy Lalonde. Those are, those two guys are like in the early days of hockey are like, just absolute legends. Okay. I mean, they are like, you know, like the Michael Jordans of that time. Um, and then the, t- the bottom you have, uh, Frank and Lester Patrick, which are, um, this shows them in their playing days, but they would go on to become massively influential in they the were legends. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just, in, um, not just, in fact, it was Lester Patrick that sold the Victoria, um, the Victoria Cougars to Charlie Hughes. Oh. He was the owner of that team and a player. And he sold them to them, made a bunch of money, and I forgot one of them went to the one of them went to uh, it was either the Bruins or the I forget. I, I, there's there, that's a whole nother world, yeah. Um, with those two brothers, but they were mad. They were they were executives. They were coaches. They were executives. They like I mean they were massively influential in the you know the evolution of they, hockey. They were the anchor. Well, there were a couple of them. There was a, you know quite a few. You got Art Ross. You got all these guys from back then. That are just, you know, there were, you know, there's a reason why they were stars. They were, you know, legends in their day. And then they, you know, they just, you know, it's kind of like the, kind of like the early history of baseball where you got a lot of these guys who are players, then they become coaches, they become executives, they become part of the, you know, the building of the game. They just love the game so much that they led to its evolution from a finance, you know, like they, a lot of times these guys, they, you know, we look at baseball and a lot of these sports now and it's just such a, it's massive business. But um, the, the the actual architects of the game and the systems that the way that they are today are like completely different than the people that run the games now. Like back, you know, a lot of these guys, and I, I'm not trying to gild the lily of yesterday, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, all they care, they didn't care about money, they didn't care about anything except for the game." You know, I'm not going to try to go into that because I'm sure these guys cared. They wanted to make money. I mean, some of the first baseball teams were founded because the, the owner just wanted to sell beer. You know, <laughs> and he knew that there'd be a lot of people, and he could just build a, uh, you know, bring beer into a stadium. So, um. So it's not, so I don't want to like sit there and say, Oh, all they cared about was this. I, that's so trite. I can't even stand it. Cause these players, they care about money. They care about money. I mean, they're not necessarily trying to get rich, but they they get to do something they love and they get to make money at the same time. Um, but at the same time, the, you know, they, they, these are the type of, you know, gen, you know, these are the type of people that build these different sports that, um, they do love the game right. so much and they, you know, they believe in its future. They're, they're, you know, they're at a time when the game is in its infancy and they're, you know, they're trying to sell a product that they love, uh, you know, and it's, so it's, you know, it's a different type of a, um, a person, you know, these people that played the game, they work in the game and then they are, you know, the ones that are like in charge of growing the game and they became absolute legends as a result. And they, you got a few of the names, uh, Newsy and, um, that's uh, G- uh, Cyclone Taylor. They're more of like they're more legends because of their playing ability. But the Patrick brothers were legends in all facets. As right. Jack Adams will, as we're going to see with Jack Adams, there was nothing that Jack Adams was not a legend at. I mean, it's like the honors that he has been given in hockey are minuscule compared to what he what he should have been given. Like he's almost like I mean, the name Jack Adams is kind of remembered, and a lot of times people are going to re- going to remember Jack Adams because of like. Because a lot some of the stuff that happened in the um you know the fifties and sixties with Gordy yeah. Howe and Ted Lindsay and stuff like this, but the, the Jack Adams that built this Red Wings team is sorely forgotten. Okay. I mean it's it's sorely forgotten, and that's where we're going to pick up next week. It's I'm looking forward to seeing it. Now, I happy teased, Jack, I happy d- Jack. I teased <laughs> people uh, a little bit about uh, uh, something we talked about on the previous show. Comments that were coming in. I want to thank Barbara for checking in so far today. And everybody who's Tell been, her, uh, been here. Hey, Barbara. Thanks, Barbara. For, thanks, for, That's what I said. Yeah. thanks for popping in. Uh, but we talked about, and it was, uh, it was a post about this guy, uh, that, uh, that brought it up. Who's this guy up here? 
come on, man. That's my favorite player from the Lions. Uh-huh. And from the Spartans. It's Glenn yep. Presnell. That's Glenn Presnell. Yeah. He was the oldest living Spartan. He lived yep. to be 99. He was the oldest living NFL player at one point. Right. Overall, yeah. The, the oldest living player in NFL right now is Cy Souders. And he's, oh, okay. And I know him personally, and he lives in Sebring, Florida. He's 100 years old. Really? Oh. And he, he is the oldest uh, Lion or professional from the NFL or NHL. NFL, you got NFL. it. NFL. Yeah. Uh, he's the oldest player and he's still living, and I know him wow. personally. Man, I, I probably still won't want to mess with him. Like, he'd probably knock me. Like, well, he was, like he, he was the winner at the Ohio State first championship in 1942. Okay. Well, and, it, and he's the only one still living. And when he goes to Columbus, they want him to dot the eye. Oh, really? That's cool. And, and, and he's very proud of that. Well, I say uh-huh. he could probably knock me down because, like, the, you know, like, because I, you know, I reference a story of my own, which um, I met a, I met Ted Lindsay up on Mackin Island. I used to work up on Mackin Island. Yeah. I was a dock porter up there for seven summers. And we were like, you know, I'm in my young 20s. I'm a big, you know, tough guy or whatever, you know. And, and I was, we're hanging down at the docks and we're hanging out with a bunch of the other, all we do is handle, you know, you know, uh, you know, and today we, today we drank, uh, you know, um, what was it? Tonight we, uh, what was it? Um, Tonight we drink, tomorrow we ride was our slogan. You know, that's right. what people used to say. Tonight we drink, tomorrow we ride. And that was our, that was our slogan thing. So it's just a bunch of like college guys up there. Anyways, we're on the dock this one day and Ted Lindsay comes off the uh. boat or he's waiting for a boat and we're talking to Ted Lindsay. And, you know, we're just, you know, we're just, it's, you know, not going too deep into anything, but he's just talking to us or whatever. And, um, and anyways, he gets on the, on the, on the, uh, Arnold ferry line and to take off and somebody, one of the guys in the group that I'm with, he goes, Man, that guy could still kick my butt, man. Yeah. He, that guy, I don't care how old he is. I'm still like kind of scared of that guy. <laughs> like, you know, like that's what I'm referenced when I say like that guy. You know, some of these guys from back in the day, those guys are tough. It don't well, matter how old they that are. That was my era. And when you get to Jack Adams, I'll tell you some stories that Gordy Howe told me on Jack Adams. I it's, love it. it. It's beyond your imagination. Well, I know, but that, what I'm saying is, is that there's the Jack Adams, and I'm familiar with the Jack Adams of the '50s and '60s because that what you know what. It's a little outside the scope of the show. We can mention it, but the idea is that there's sort of two different Jack Adams. There's the Jack Adams from the early 19, you know, from the early, you know, 20s and 30s that built this Red Wings club that, I mean, that was just obsessed with winning, somewhat guarded about the future of his job because he's on a one year annual contract. Every year was a year, it was a year to year deal. And he was Uh on the one year deal for like 20 something years. You know, he had to prove himself every single year. And so he was somewhat defensive about, you know, it was like just, it was just a raving. I mean, it was just an, it was like a Ty Cobb obsession to win. Um, there was that Jack Adams who, in the, you know, in the early days built the club as a result of that obsession to win. And then there was the Jack Adams of the 50s and 60s who was like, it still had that obsession to win, but he was almost became a bit, you know, he, he, by that point, the organization had been built and he was like a king that was in charge of a right. kingdom that was like, no, you know, no matter how many Stanley Cups he won, no matter how many championships he won, no matter how many amazing players he found, he still wanted more. And he was almost like an obsessive pursuit. And in this case, he was fairly secure in his job and he could just get rid of people and do whatever the heck he wanted to do. So there's sort of two different Jack Adams, and the one that a lot of people remember is the Jack Adams from the 50s and 60s, and we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, but on the screen, uh, if people watching the video or uh, the audio, there's a picture of uh, Presnell up there. And in episode 18, we were talking about uh, the Portsmouth Spartans uh, coming to Detroit and becoming the Detroit Lions. We had Will Malton with us. Uh, Tom was here telling uh, telling us about that transition 
from Portsmouth to, to the Tigers. And, and what came up was the uniform and the colors and uh, the, the how the colors were picked. And, Tom, uh, you had a, a story, I believe, that you shared or, or – was that was that you? I think we both did. Yeah. it's kind of the same story where <clears throat> Presnell is. So um, now Glenn, uh, you guys thought Glenn picked the colors, and then there's a comment on our Facebook on the uh, on the YouTube video, and it's from Mike Presnell. Well, I do want to hedge my bet. I want to hedge that with something and say that I did see something in one in in a, um I think it was a, even an unpublished memoir by Abby Kushner, right? That said that it was also that he had also run the colors past. Um, we're talking about George Richards for the Lions owner right. that he had run the colors past his daughter as well. Yep. And that his daughter had also like, I mean, I don't know if it was his daughter first and then he showed the same group of various Jersey colors to Presnell and he chose them and they both sure. chose the same. But from the, but the story from that, I believe that I think I got it from uh, Abby Kushner was that, um, was that George Richards daughter was also um, one of the people that had been pick the colors. Exactly. Those are, so I'm hedging that exact All right. thing. So but we, ta- we talked about that. Yes. And then uh, Mike Presnell comments on the YouTube video, and he said, uh, Glenn is my first cousin, one generation removed. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's yeah, cool. That so cool, a family yeah. member. That's really, yeah. really cool. He said, late, uh, late in your podcast, you were discussing the selection uh, of the Detroit colors. Glenn told me while I was visiting him at his home in 2002 that he and his wife, Catherine, were visiting George Richards, the owner, in his office. Richard had a number of samples laid out in the office, and it was Catherine that told George, George Richards, to go with the Honolulu Blue. So Glenn uh, credits the decision to Catherine. And so, uh, so you knew Catherine there as you well? Go. I never met her. Oh, I, fair play. I, no. And okay. I never, and Will I, Malt might have known her, though, because oh, he was, he was oh, friends with all of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Will, yeah. Will would know, though. Yeah. yeah. That was his yeah. closest friend. Yeah, yeah. So now we've got a third potential possibility yeah, is yeah. that there was because Glenn and Catherine, Glenn, you know, in the exactly that Catherine, decision. not only Catherine, you know, like, you know, I think, I don't know if there's like a, um, like some kind of like Confucius say, like, you know, like one of those like, like sayings or whatever. This is like, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the woman, you know, she says something, you just got to go with it, you know, like yeah. happy wife, happy life type thing. So that's it. So, we, so like maybe, you know, maybe that was, there was something involved with that in well, there where Glenn it, was it, like, he was like, well, Glenn, what do you think? He's like, I go with her. Yeah, yeah. She's right. <laughs> Great well, we, know, we know it took place in the Fisher building. Yes. There yes, we know. We know that for, yeah, we know so that. We, we go, got so. those details, but that's an interesting little, uh, yeah. side, you know, so we want to thank Mike for, uh, commenting. Yeah, on the YouTube video absolutely. and uh, for listening and for everybody who yeah. who is listening uh, to the podcast, we appreciate you spending some time with us as we uh, as we go through these stories. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying the the heck out of it, and we're going to do some more next time. The website is uh, just Detroit City of Champions. You can get the books there. Yeah, all kinds there's of some uh, there's stuff, some yeah. other like hidden gems. There's that play vo- play ball video that comes with yeah. book number two. Yep, exactly. Uh, there's another video. T shirts, hoodies, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah. uh, Detroit City of Champions and uh, on Facebook uh, as well. We throw things up there, and when the video goes, and live, also too is. I'm, uh, I'm in these. There's these. Uh, there's these. We have these stores in the mall, and this is yeah. like where I do a lot of my work because I get to. I actually sell my product in these stores, and you're actually going to find me just kind of hanging out in the mall. It's a. Um, I, I do. My, I actually get a, quite a bit of work done in a mall on a slow day, yeah. and so I kind of hang out. It's almost like an office. I get you know. We I have I talk about sports all day with people. It's crazy. Tom comes in there every once in a while. <laughs> we sit. Tom will pull up a chair and hang out for a half hour or so. Nice. Um, and so, anybody's listening to the show, if you're ever at um, at uh, Laurel Park Mall in Livonia or uh, Twelve Oaks Mall in Novi or um, Partridge Creek in Clinton Township, the store is called Inspire Marketplace. It's a 
Um, it's like a in, year-round indoor Michigan. You kind of bounce between the three of them. Yeah, I bounce. I'm mostly right now. I'm mostly at Laurel Park. I yeah. probably going forward in March, April. Going forward, I'll probably be in Twelve Oaks most of the time. I'd set you know like weekends, like Saturdays. I'm at Partridge Creek. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's crazy. I, there's I, I we talk sports in there. It's like a little sports haven. It's like almost like a barbershop type uh, thing, but it's like an art show. You know, like where people at barbershops talk about stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like that. You know, we pontificate about philosophy and stuff. We talk about whatever. So. Um, but anyways, it's a year, it's like a year round indoor art show. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's all, you know, anybody's looking for a gift for somebody. Maybe I should be talking about this more before Christmas, yeah, but, yeah. um, but it's a great little spot. You come yeah. in there, visit me. You want to talk, you want to get the book or, you know, get measured for a shirt or a hoodie or whatever. There you are. <laughs> the measurement is like XL large, double X, you know, not, <laughs> I didn't measure it with a measuring tape. It's just pick out a shirt and give me Hold that up box. to you. Yeah, that um, looks good. That looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Taking that on with you. All right. What's your point there? The picture there that uh, of the lions. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Tom, yeah, Tom brought us the, the, that's the Tom. Cool. That's the original Spartans right there since we were talking about. Glenn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah where's yeah, um, yeah. Can we throw this up this camera? So Tom, yeah, uh, Tom, Tom brought these in. Um, this is uh, original. This is a 19. This is a picture. It looks like they, we were looking at it pretty closely the other day. Yeah. It's a photo that somebody gave him a while back that's uh, um, from Portsmouth. That it's is 90, uh, it's, 91 years old. Yeah, so this is a this is one this it's is the first uh this is the uh, the lineman from the first we were that's where we were able to track it out cuz it doesn't have Presnell, it doesn't have um Dutch Clark, Clark or anybody in it. Um but it does have it's all offensive linemen. It does have um um it does have Claire Randolph. It's got, it's got all the main guys on it. Harry Ebding, um uh, uh Christensen, uh, Tarzan Christensen yeah. on it. They're all they oh, yeah. It's got all the it's got all the main linemen. It was just cool. It must have taken a like I say, there mu- there's probably a companion photo of that that was like all the backs, you know, with the with all the um where it was just the backs because this is looks like I say all just the line because I can't think of any reason in the world why you wouldn't have Dutch Clark or, <laughs> or I think or, you know, I think I think it goes right back to, to 1930. Really. No, it's got th- I think it's well. What do we when we say it was Patsy's first year? 19 uh, we, was it? What is it? 3032, Thir- I think. When, no, he was really. Oh, he made the coach Potsy. Yeah, he came in in 31. I yeah, think. 31. That's what I'm saying. This is, but this is, I think, Potsy's first year because because George Christensen was a rookie. You know, Potsy's first year was um, George Christensen's first year. So you can't put George before Potsy. And so whatever year at the very, no matter what. When, no matter what year it was, um, it, it wasn't before Potsy was right. there. That's what right. I'm saying. And so it's got George Christensen um, and these guys that were not there before um, before Potsy. So that's what I'm saying. At the very least, it that, was that Potsy's first year. That picture came from a lady that watched and went to many a Spartan game, and she held on to that picture for almost 90 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah so, so I, it might, she might have taken it. I mean, what are they? I mean, they don't just hand out photos there. Yeah, yeah. Just, Bob Morton take it. it wasn't bobblehead night. Yeah. It's, it's you know, <laughs> Bob, <laughs> it's, it's Bob, Bob gonna... Morton gave that to me, and uh, like I said, the, the ladies when she gave it to him to give it to me, uh, she said those were my. And Bob Morton's so. worth mentioning, giving a little bit of a note, you know, to you know, Bob has passed, but Bob Morton oh, is an was, absolute oh, legend, he, and like oh, he's, yeah. he Bob was Morton the head is, of the morals, uh, the murals, you know. Yeah, Bob Morton was, did a lot for Portsmouth, like you know, to remember the Spartans, to um, yeah. uh, to, you know, for just for sports, you know, sports, you know, history, and in, in Portsmouth is just an absolute yeah. icon. So and he, and he loved baseball. Big time. He's yeah. He's yeah. He sent me an article about the. I did an interview for that for that newspaper down there about bringing a baseball team down there. He's the one that sent us the newspaper article. He sent it in the mail. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So yeah. He's he's Bob. Bob's awesome. You know. He was. You know. To rest in peace. He, he was. A, he was. He was. Uh, 
Um, he was awesome, man. Yeah. He was my connection in Portsmouth. I mean, um, I got all the information, yeah. and I was introduced to him, and I spoke yeah. at his Rotary Club on the Spartans. Yeah. No, he was cool. Yeah, so just a le- good good to mention, get his yeah. name out there a little bit. Yeah. Yep. All right, more hockey next time, and uh, we'll be back with more uh, Detroit, the City of Champions. Wow.